more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the scent of beer style uh, with my 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 good beer buddy uh, Julia Hers. Uh, she's opening up uh, her beer. This one is uh, fun. Um, we're continuing on. Uh, if you listened to the one right before this, we talked about the German Weiss beers. Um, now today, uh, in this epi- in this style cast, excuse me, we're talking about Dunkel Weiss beer, the the darker version of. Um, so we kind of talked about uh, previously, but we'll just kind of get, get you up to speed. The uh, the German Bavarian Weiss beers or the wheat beers. Uh, were passed on through the 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 right to brew them was passed on through royalty, uh, very um, uh, just kind of you know handed down from royalty to royalty, kind of hooking each other up type of thing. Um, and when sales finally slowed down, uh, then along came a Georg Schneider in 1872, who said, "Hey, I'll I'll take the rights, I'll brew them," and then you have Schneiderweiss uh, coming out. Um. So th- those kind of grew in popularity, then waned in popularity, and then kind of grew in popularity again right around the 50s and 60s. Most of it was dark uh, up until about the 60s when paler versions started be, uh, being brewed. But today we're going to talk about the dark stuff. Um, uh, Dunkel, of course, means dark, and, uh, and, and, and uh, we're going to move on to um, ingredients and talk about how we make a beer like this. Common ingredients, and you really do, as Jeremy referenced, uh, can use vice beer as a base if you know ingredients uh, for that style. Um, but malted wheat is still the star, right? And um, at least half the grist. So the grist means what is put into the mill and then into the mash and boiled. And then Munich, Vienna, and Pilsner malt. Uh, all will be a possible likely supporting star. The Munich and Vienna malt, uh, that's medium temperature kiln malts, that's what's going to get us to those darker colors that you commonly see. Um, and uh, you're going to have some maybe dark wheat. Caramel wheat can be used. Um, decoction mashing is traditional where they're pulling off a portion of the boil, concentrating it, and then adding it back for more complexity. And then that classic Weiss beer, Weizen yeast, right? Um, Weizen cool fermentation temperature. So ale fermenting at a cooler temperature in the 60 degree range is pretty much what we're talking about here. So it's definitely an ale, but you are using a very specific yeast, Weizen ale yeast. Um, And that I will also say uh, ingredient not listed in the style guidelines, but carbonation is a part of this beer, higher carbonation. And we'll we'll talk some about that in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, speaking of carbonation, if you're watching this on the screen, um, you can see that there is some wonderful foam. It is so dense and mousse-like. It's like a cappuccino or or you could you can make a, a jello mold out of this mousse. It's just so um, dense and, and mousse-like is a great way to describe it. That is that is typical of a German Weiss beer. Um, you should have 
that uh, head like that too. The color on this, because it is a Dunkel Weissbeard, doesn't mean it's dark necessarily. Um, we're look at, looking at a light copper to uh, to a brown. It, it shouldn't be black necessarily, um, but it should just be darker than the paler versions, which kind of goes back to, we're talking about Weissbeard, so you could easily think of it as a pale version, dark version, um, but of course Dunkel means dark. Um, that now the whole haze thing with German beers, um, it is possible that you can do what is called a silent pour and take your glass out of the fridge and be very gentle with it and gently pour it down the side to keep your beer as clear as you can. But I prefer the, the yeast in this one. And so a common way is to either take the bottle and roll it on its side before you open it and pour it, or you can open the bottle, pour it down the glass, and then just swirl the bottle around and around and around and then finish pouring to get all that yeast in there. This is, you know, everyone is gaga about hazy IPAs these these days. This is the original hazy beer. And so we got to give a little bit of credit where it's due. So that's, that's what I've got on appearance. Let's talk about the uh, aroma. So really well said. And on the aroma, you're going to get an essence of the Weizen Ale Yeast Esters, which are a byproduct of fermentation. Uh, esters can take you to, it, it particularly in um, a uh, Dunkelweizen beer, Dunkelweiss, to a fruity place such as bananas, right? Isoamyl acetate is a type of ester um, that is commonly brought up. So when you're smelling that beautiful moussey collar foam, you're often hit with those esters of bananas. And then phenols would be some vanilla, some clove. Um, and those are also byproducts of the Weizen Ale yeast. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of that bread doughy um, essence from the wheat malt. So think of a piece of bread and you pinch it in the middle. That bread that hasn't been toasted, it's white bread, and you chew on that. That's bread flour flavors. That's what you're going to get. Um, and then you're also going to get, because of the potential influence of uh, the Vienna and Munich malt, you're going to get some caramel, some bread crust, some ritual malt notes, but you're not going to get really um, any roast characteristics at all. And sometimes you'll definitely get vanilla in the mix. You might get low floral, spicy hops, German noble hops, but very low and optional. Um, and then that bubblegum essence where there's strawberries with bananas or Jeremy uses the phrase, Jeremy uses the phrase uh, hubba bubba bubblegum, which I grew up on too. Um, that is yep. not what you want. If that happened in your, um, in your Dunkel's Vice beer, it probably fermented too warm and the esters got too aggressive. So bringing that into the flavor world, what are you tasting, Jeremy? Well, I got to say, if there's a, just a touch of hubba bubba in my uh, Weizen beer, I'm okay with that. I'm just going to say that. It may not it may not be uh, ideal to be in there, but I will find a way to move on with that, um, that tragedy. Um, this, everything that uh, Julia just said for aroma, we can ditto that for flavor. Um, uh, I've said it once, I'll say it again. To me, this is banana bread in a glass. And with a Dunkel Weiss beer, I'd say even more so because you have this uh, low to medium high. I mean, what a range, low to medium high. So it could be anything when it comes to that rich, bready, um, doughy, grainy wheat malt. Um, wheat, again, uh, the wheat malt really comes across as like wet dough, wet pizza dough, wet uh, bread dough, um, and just a little bit of like lemon pop to me. Um, so that's coming through. But because we're getting into darker flavors and darker grains that are giving those darker flavors, we can start 
getting on that continuum of bread crust, toasted bread without being toasty, um, and and caramel and some of these um, you know kind of like sweeter, richer, darker flavors. Um, but just to repeat, this shouldn't be roasty. It shouldn't be harsh. It should just, if anything, it might be uh, lean uh, on the sweeter side. Um, uh, uh, this is a uh, more of a malt-driven style than the uh, just the regular vice beer, but it's still predominantly a yeast-driven beer because we're getting that banana, we're getting that clove, and that's all coming from the yeast. Um, uh, we can get a little bit of vanilla, um, like we said, but we should get, if if you can uh, detect a very faint note of German noble hops, great. But if you don't, that's totally okay too. This beer really is balanced by the carbonation and and uh, balanced by the phenols. Um, and, and it's just meant to be, there's just wonderful, sweet, easy drinking beer without being overly sweet. Um, what it shouldn't be is it shouldn't be toasty. It shouldn't be roasty. Um, and we talked about the bubble gum. Um, in previous versions of the guidelines, a touch of bubble gum was uh, was okay, but uh, that's since changed. Uh, I'd love to know why, but uh, bubble gum is no longer part of the style, so it should not be there. It should never be sour. It should never be smoky. It's easy to call the phenolic presence of this beer smoky, but it's really not. That's a completely different beer. That's more phenolic is the best way to describe it. Um but uh, it does finish dry, even though it has a sweet flavor to it. It does have a nice dry finish, um, which will kind of nod us over toward mouthfeel. Julie, I know you love to talk about mouthfeel. This is all you. Yeah, I love that because effervescent is what the overall impression of this beer is. And so effervescence will play into, if you're describing it, mm -hmm. a mouthfeel, right? That is part of flavor mouthfeel is. And if this beer is effervescent, it's because even though it might have some final gravity with residual sugar that's registering, it's supposed to finish refreshing. It's supposed to finish in a way that makes you ready for that next bite or that next sip. So that's a key component of um, this for the Dunkel's Vice is effervescence. And then also on the mouthfeel, medium light to medium full body. So you're in those medium range, right? You're not in a over the board, but it does have some girth. It does have some weight from that wheat malt and from those darker malts for sure. Um, and then we've got that 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 creamy head, that collar of foam. That's a true aspect of every sip. You're always getting your tongue scrubbed by the carbonation, and um, that is that is just a classic example of a higher yeah. carbonated beer. Is is this style for sure? Yeah. Mm. Um, style, so that style. Oh, go keep going. No, I was going to say, and just to compare this, I mean, how can mm -hmm. we differentiate this? Um, you know, number one, this is not an American wheat beer. American wheat beers don't have the banana. They don't have the clove. They should have more hop presence. And there's a fantastic story behind that. Go listen to that episode. Um, but the, the, you know, I imagine, and you know, you're going to chuckle at this, but if a German vice beer and a Dunkel had a, uh, mad affair and had a love child, this is that love child. So imagine the flavors of a Munich Dunkel and imagine the flavors of a German uh, Weiss beer. Um, and, and, and you got it, you know, and that's where you have some of those darker, rich melanoidin uh, flavors. Um, think of like brown, sweet flavors, like caramel, toasted uh, bread crust, um, and this just beautiful uh, banana and clove. Again, I'll say it for the third time, uh, fourth time today. This is banana bread in a glass. Um, another one we can compare it to that we um, that we will talk about in a different style cast in the historical category would be a, a Rogan beer, which is more of 
it's it's like one of these, but with more rye and less wheat. And that's a com completely different flavor profile, but they are kind of cousins when it comes to that. Um, so style comparison, it, it's, it's really hard to come up with any other comparisons for this. It's pretty unique. Um, so let's talk about the commercial examples. How can we find something like this? And when you study your style guidelines uh, or to get a commercial examples from the country of origin in Germany or other countries, uh, you're really going to always actually land back with often the word vice is in the name of the beer for the commercial example or mm -hmm. Dunkel or even Hefe sometimes. So uh, you've got, you know, the, uh, the, the Iyengar, right, will give us a classic example um, Vice Beer Dunkel, I am getting from Chapelle Seppel, and I've got that. I had it in my fridge. I've got Huber Vice Beer, so I'm now clearing out my beer fridge just for one sweet, happy little episode. Sorry, I hit the microphone. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Schneider Weiss, Eyinger, you're going to see these um, particular breweries pop up again and again when you're talking about styles. And on the U.S. side, you know, there's it's just not as commonly referenced in the style guidelines. But there are some, uh, you know, craft breweries, particularly who have been inspired by um, Weinsteckner, which is one of the oldest breweries in the world. They're German based, mm -hmm. um, and so some breweries that might have this um, Dunkelsweiss will uh, will talk and point to Weinsteckner even for their examples. But the common um, examples mentioned in the style guidelines really don't reference U.S. U.S. versions. Yeah, th this is really a Bavarian centered around the Munich style of beer. And so, it you know, the closer you get there, the closer you get to the, the root. Um, let's talk about some numbers real quick. Um, you know, when we talk about, uh, again, I mentioned I, I'm, I'm a visual studier, visual learner. So we can look at the patterns. Um, it's hard for me to just remember rote numbers. So I have to look at the patterns. A vast majority of the German beers of, of ordinary strength, um, you know, Vol beer, Schenk beer type of strength, we're getting in the four, about four and a half to five and a half is the pattern. This one follows that from 4.3 to 5.6. If we were to round to the nearest um, 0.2, um, you know, tenths of a, of a number, then, then you get four and a half to five and a half. And, and that's good enough for me. Um, IBUs, uh, again, the the average German beer is anywhere from 20 to 30. Because these are malt and particularly yeast-driven beers, the IBUs kind of slant down just a little bit. So this one is uh, 10 to 18, or we could even say 10 to 20. Um, and so that kind of follows the pattern of this particular uh, category of beers. Um, SRM, uh, when we're talking about uh, light copper, which is right around 14, 15, um, then we start getting into uh, to brown. So we're talking about the numbers of 14 to 23. Um, when we get to original gravity, uh, we're looking at 1044 to 1057, uh, which is uh, 1.044 in, in gravity units. That's not a very strong beer. It's not meant to be a strong beer. What's interesting is the final gravity is 1008 to 1014. Um, this beer has a perception of bigger body due to the, the uh, carbonation, due to the decoction mashing, but the body really comes out at, with the final gravity is of right around 10, 10, 10, 12. So it's not a big bodied beer, but the perception is different. Where it really comes into play is the carbonation is, is big. Uh, the average 
the average beer is right around two, two and a half volumes of, of CO2. This can be up to four. Um, there's a lot of carbonation. And then we talk about the, um, you know, the, the quality of carbonation and we covered that in mouthfeel, but it's very, very carbonated beer. These are the numbers you can expect for a Dunkel Weiss beer. So let's talk about, since you have the proper glass for this, Julia, uh, tell us about the glass and the temperature you'd use. So this glass uh, is a vase style glass, German vice beer style, and more of a vase. Think of flowers. Flowers would be put into a vase. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is designed to not only volatize out that higher carbonation, right? Volatize meaning expel into the atmosphere, and we will fill up less from the carbonation then. But also, as Jeremy will be the first to point out, it supports the cholera foam mostly throughout mm. the um, experience. It's also super easy to hold. It's a vase because it's spelt-like, it's got a little um, dip in the middle, and then it widens and flares out. So there's a concave area for your hand, um, and that's the exact glass that I would use. Uh, this beer style, sure, 38 degrees Fahrenheit is how any and most beer styles would be served on draft, but you want to try this beer in the 40 um, fermented, 40 fermentation. 40 Fahrenheit range, forgive me, uh, because then it's going to display more of that Munich and Vienna malt and those advanced malt flavors. Yeah. yeah. And so with yeah. that setup, what are you going to pair it with? So with this, because it's a little bit darker and a little bit more of those melanoidin flavors of the caramel and everything else, you know, this beer for me is just perfect with something savory. I think it's because that is just the perfect complement or uh, contrast, I should say, to be correct, uh, to this beer. It, it's, it's like the only flavor this beer doesn't have is savoriness. So give me... Give me some um, some blood sausage, some uh, duck, some um, uh, venison, or or some like gamey meat, like a uh, elk. Then you know this. I think this would just you know just be absolute perfection. How about you, Julia? I love it. Um, I do find myself wanting it with some toasted pumpernickel rye bread to fall into those kind of bread um, notes and maybe punch it up a little. Uh, so maybe a, a corned beef sandwich with some Swiss cheese and some toasted Ooh. rye or pumpernickel. I think this would really fall into that and um, bridge over very, very nicely. I'll bet that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, so there you yeah. have it. I mean, thanks for yeah. joining us. We appreciate you all listening. We hope your studies go well and your appreciation. And if you didn't have a beer in your hand while you were listening, next time grab one and listen to the episode again. Here's to Dunkel Vice Beer. Yeah, prost. Thank you for listening to Essence of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia, and me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.